Welcome everybody to Sam Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, June 2nd, 2016, and welcome to my NBA Finals preview. Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Cavaliers, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Love, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, Draymond Green, Channing Fry. We can go on and on and on and on. Lots of names to be named in this finals, and I think many of the pundits out there will agree with me when I say that this is not your same finals as last season, okay? Kevin Love was not around in last year's finals. Kyrie Irving really wasn't around in last year's finals. Timothy Mozgov was a major piece of this Cavaliers team. He is no longer this time around. And much more adversity uh, for the Warriors this time around than they had last year. They were kind of on this magical Cinderella run last year. This time is not exactly the case. They definitely had to... uh, you know, really pull out a few wins and, uh, you know, big, big, big gut check games over the last, uh, over the last, um, couple of months, uh, for this playoff run. But let's talk about, uh, the nitty gritty of what's going on. So we know what this Warriors team is about. They made history this season, 73 wins, breaking the Bulls record, um, definitely have played some teams right off the court this season, um, Shooting is out of uh, out of this world. Defense is tenacious. Big rotation. Lots of role players who can all just be you know plug and play. You fit them in, and they really create some damage. However, um, yeah, as I said, different Cleveland team from last year. Whereas Cleveland, I think, uh, was really just dragged into the finals last year by sheer will of LeBron James. Uh, that is not the case this time around. They have much more cohesion, much more chemistry. Uh, you know, much more uh, positivity this time around um, than last season. And uh, as as I've mentioned before on some of my other podcasts, uh, so David Blatt was fired mid-season. Teron Liu comes in. You really seen uh, some improved offense by the Cavaliers once Teron Liu became the head coach, and uh, you really saw some diminished defense. They it was you know not that not that their defense is bad, but David Blatt was clearly a coach who focused a little bit more on the defense as a opposed to Teron Liu, who's focusing more on the offense. And, you know, you're seeing that happen in the playoffs. Um, once the Cavaliers got to this point where they were just shooting three-pointers uh, like it was going out of style. And not only were they shooting three-pointers, but they were hitting them at a remarkable rate, in some ways almost emulating the Warriors to a degree. Um, but let's think about this actual finals matchup. Let's talk about some of the things that I think are going to be stories of this finals. Um, to talk a little bit about some of the high-profile names. Now, I can't go into this finals preview without mentioning Kevin Love and specifically the defensive liability that is Kevin Love. So Kevin Love clearly has a lot of um, you know exciting strengths to his game. He's got a three-point shot. You know he's got a post-up game. But from a defensive standpoint, he is he's not really ever been this really you know stoppable backstop of a force down low. And especially as you started to see the evolution of this Cleveland Cavaliers team. Kevin Love became really an outside spot-up shooter. He sits in the corner an awful lot. He's kind of playing the role that Chris Bosh played with the Miami Heat, with LeBron James's Miami Heat when they were winning those championships. He was a long, 
you know, uh, you know, kind of three or four in the lineup, you know, who could who could also stretch the floor by shooting that spot up three. Uh, the difference between Love and Bosch, I mean, there's many differences, but the the key difference is that uh, Kevin Love is not nearly the type of defender that Chris Bosch is. So, with a team like the Golden State Warriors, where this is a team that is going to exploit every single defensive weakness that there is, and one of the things that makes the Warriors as dangerous as they are is the fact that just about everybody on this team is going to be able to take advantage of the positions that they're in. Uh, you know, Steph Curry is going to be able to, you know, is going to draw a very difficult defensive assignment from from Kyrie Irving. Klay Thompson's going to get it from J.R. Smith. All of these guys are going to be matched up against people who are going to have difficulty guarding the Warriors, you know, whereas the Cavaliers have not faced this type of opposition with the Raptors or the Hawks or the Pistons. You know, this is, I think, really one of their first big challenges. Now, as I was saying, Kevin Love, defensive liability. The Warriors are going to look for him. They're going to find him. They're going to create pick and rolls, and they're going to try to include him. And this is something that is talked about again and again and again and again. The Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving pick and roll defense because Kyrie Irving, you know, though he is very, uh, you know, fleet of foot, very fast paced, good lateral quickness, uh, but he is not a strong defender. Uh, at least, you know, he really, he's kind of like the Allen Iverson defender. He's so fast that that's how he makes up with his defense. You know, Allen Iverson would always do this. He was a scorer, he could score from anywhere, but when you looked at him on the defensive end, Sometimes he got a little lazy, and just about the only thing that made him a tenacious defender was the fact that he had the legs and the quickness to do it. You know, you he could, uh, you know, he could go underneath a screen or or a pick, but he was so quick he could get around the other end and actually, you know, make up the room. Kyrie Irving can kind of do that, but he can't do it on the level that Allen Iverson does. So when you look at a situation where you've got Steph Curry and Draymond Green setting a pick and roll, and you have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving defending them, that's going to be death for the Cleveland Cavaliers because that's something that if you look at the past couple of games they played this season and really the few... You know, they, you know, we don't have an awful lot of tape on Kevin Love with the Cavaliers playing against the Warriors. We really only have two games from earlier this season, and in both of those games, they abused Kevin Love's defensive ability in those pick and rolls. And even, you know, I was reading Zach Lowe's. You know, Zach Lowe did a fantastic preview of the NBA Finals. It came out. It's on the front page of ESPN today. Um, where he talks specifically about not only do they abuse the pick-and-roll defense of Irving and Love, but they also focus heavily on... Uh, they'll occasionally bring a third defender in just to clog up uh, the space with Love to make it even harder for him to fight over that screen. And, you know, it, it, you know it, the truth is that when you put all these pieces together, it really makes Love a problem on the defensive end. And that segues right into having Kyrie Irving be a problem on the defensive end. And that's where you start to look at these matchups as to who is going to be starting for the Cavaliers and who will they be guarding? Um, you know, I, I'm pretty confident the backcourts are going to be set. You're going to see Kyrie Irving and J.R. Smith in the backcourt for the Cavaliers. And you're really, I think what we're talking about now is I think you're going to see a situation where J.R. Smith is going to be the guy guarding Curry. He's he's probably a more tenacious and better defender than Kyrie Irving, and he's got a little bit more height on him. And now 
in a situation uh, playing D against the Warriors, there's a lot of switching that happens. That's really one of the best ways to defend the Golden State Warriors. It's a real pick-your-poison situation. They can attack you and kill you from so many different angles that that the, the defenders need to step back and say, all right, you know, we need to switch it up. We need to have the rotation move faster, and we need to get some bigger guys on some of these guys, get some mismatches that are benefiting the defense. When you put J.R. Smith on Steph Curry, and then you set a pick and roll, and then uh, Steph Curry comes up with a pick and roll, you know, let's say Clay Thompson comes in to do the pick and roll with him, and the switch happens, you have J.R. Smith moving over to guard Clay Thompson, and you've got Kyrie moving over to guard Steph Curry. You don't really lose much in that situation. So that's something that's probably going to benefit them and something they're going to be want to, they're going to want to involve themselves in that type of defensive scheme more. Um, now, looking at it from a sense of the big men. Now, the big men is going small versus bringing out big men, I think, is a trend and is a topic of conversation that's going to happen in this NBA Finals. But it's also a topic of conversation that's been populating the NBA for the last couple of years as we're moving towards this you know, up-tempo, spread-the-floor, you know, stretch-four, who can shoot the outside shot NBA, which we're coming into now, and the quintessential team of this new NBA is the Golden State Warriors with your Draymond Green coming into play five uh, with their, you know, quote-unquote death lineup where you see Draymond with Harrison Barnes, Iguodala, Thompson, and Curry where they come out with that small ball. In that situation, now last year, Timothy Mozgov was a real problem for them, and Tristan Thompson was a real problem for them. They actually were a hell hell of a post-presence when those two guys were out there, and they were out-rebounding Golden State. And you saw that in the uh, the Golden State-Oklahoma City Thunder series as well. You saw Ibaka and you saw Adams punishing the Warriors on the boards because the Warriors want to go small. They don't want to have Bogut out there any longer than they need him out there. They're going to want to have Bogut and Azili out there as little as possible because those guys can't play the pick-and-roll game as well as some of their other rotational players. And they really start to lose something when you leave Bogut out there too long. And Bogut is also getting a little bit up there. You're starting to see some wear and tear on his body. And, you know, he's a hell of a passer. He's a good defender down low. But in this situation, you know, if the Cavaliers go small, if they decide to bring in Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, you know, you're going to get into situations where maybe Bogut has to come out and guard Kevin Love, and then you're falling, and then the Warriors are falling into the trap that the that the Cavaliers want. So it's definitely going to be something that I think the Warriors are going to try to steer away from. I don't think they're going to try to play too much bully ball or that big sort of huge backstop post of having Bogut down low. Um, I think that you're really going to see something where the Cavaliers are probably going to, what's going to happen is you're going to see less and less of Kevin Love. You're probably going to end up seeing Kevin Love play little minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, you're going to see more focus on Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving is going to shoulder a big portion of the scoring for the Cavaliers. Um, you know, whereas LeBron was essentially doing his best impersonation of Jerry West last year, where he was just scoring out of his mind. And, you know, there was no other scorers on the team aside from like, you know, J.R. Smith and the occasional, uh, you know, Iman Shumpert three-pointer. So, you know, LeBron was, I think, averaging upwards of, you know, 36 points in the finals last year. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think you're going to see more of a reliance on Kyrie Irving. Um, for the Warriors, I, I, I think that you're going to see 
more of this small ball lineup really trying to punish the Cavaliers, but they're going to work to not be taken advantage of in the post by Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson, I think, is going to be utilized much more in this NBA Finals than Kevin Love. Uh, And now you lose some scoring when you have Thompson out there as opposed to Love, but I think that's a loss that they're going to be willing to take because if Golden State goes on a run when Love is out there and scores eight quick points, all it takes is a couple of three-pointers and a quick you know, floater uh, to the hoop by Steph Curry to go on an eight-point run like that. Um, and even with, and you know, all, you know, you, you say like a 45 seconds to a minute that could happen. And all of a sudden you're taking Kevin Love off the floor and you're trying to put a defensive backstop out there. This is clearly something they have to be considerate of. Thinking a little bit further on the Cavaliers, we also have to um, we also have to take into consideration this strong second line that's been developed. So in the playoffs, Teron Liu, and, and towards the end of the regular season, he really kind of you know cemented or crystallized this second line that comes in for the Cavaliers: the the Della Vadova, Shumpert. Channing Fry, uh, Richard Jefferson setup here. Channing Fry has been deadly from beyond the arc. I, I, you know, I know he's always been an excellent three-point shooter, but it's amazing to to see how impactful his game has been in the playoffs because he is truly a four or a five. He's a power forward. He's a long guy, and he really does stretch that floor and make it difficult for defenses. And then you've got Della Vadova and Shumpert, who are strong defenders. That's the real thing is because you've got some powerful defenders in Della Vadova and Shumpert who are probably better than Love and Irving, even though they don't have the same scoring prowess. But you put out stronger defenders, and then you have uh, Channing Fry stretching the post players of Golden State further out to the arc and making, you know, forcing the Festus Azilis and the Andrew Bogut's to come out from the paint. And they're either going to contest the shot from Channing Fry, which he'll probably make because he's been shooting lights out, or he's going to pass the ball, you know, inside. And then all of a sudden you've got a backdoor cut or a quick bounce pass and, you know, maybe you've got a, a bucket or at least, a, you know, a shooting foul. Uh, so this is something to really consider is is having this second line come out, even the same consideration of not just having the second line come out, but also having Channing Fry go in there and play those uh, post minutes. Like I can see real moments where Channing Fry is playing the five with LeBron and then you just surround him with shooters. Having that out there against a small lineup of, you know, if Golden State comes out with their death lineup, and you put Channing Fry as the biggest guy out there, and then you put a bunch of shooters around LeBron, that's essentially five shooters on the floor. It's going to stretch the defense for Golden State, and it's going to hurt them a little bit. Now, in some regards, that might be what Golden State wants you to play into, but you know, during the regular season, that made a lot of sense. But Cleveland is not the regular season. This is a tenacious team. They're, they are they are very quick, they're very fast, and they're gonna and it's LeBron James. You can never ever count out his offensive or his defensive ability. Um, so this is really something to consider is how the, you know, the, the B team for uh, for Cleveland is going to, you know, influence this game. And maybe, you know, it might turn out that you're going to see some runs come up when when the B team comes in, when Della Vadova and Shumpert come in. And now the other consideration we have to talk about from a defensive standpoint, and this is something Zach Lowe brought up, which I think is a very good point, is Shumpert. Iman Shumpert is a fantastic defensive player, and there is some talk, and he's throwing out the suggestion, and 
you know, I got to give him some credit. I think there's a very good chance we'll see this. He's talking about having Iman Shumpert start in place of Kevin Love because Shumpert is a more tenacious and reliable defender. And you get him in there and you sort of start the game small. You start the game fast. You're already sort of you know, conceding the post presence to Bogut and just saying, you know what, we're going to come out guns blazing and and let you guys adjust to what we're doing here. And, um, you know, you're, we're going to need Shumpert's defense. We're go- uh, The Cavaliers are going to need Tristan Thompson and Della Vadova to cause havoc uh, for this Warriors team because, as we know, the Warriors are an offensive powerhouse, and it can never be underestimated. And even with the sloppy mistakes that the Warriors have a tendency to make very often, their offense is so good they make up for it, and it's like you don't even miss a beat with them. Uh, Let's shift to the Warriors' side of the ball for a second. So we've talked a little bit about the Cavaliers. The Warriors, now, whereas the Cavaliers have developed a, a whole lot of chemistry and cohesion over the course of this season, the Warriors, I think, have sort of, you know... I feel like they've gotten tighter. Their nucleus has 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 drawn itself closer as they've faced more adversity. When they nearly got knocked out by the Oklahoma City Thunder, there was a serious sort of come-to-Jesus moment when these guys were talking to each other and saying, listen, we do not want to go home. When Steph Curry was screaming to the heavens, we're not going home. It was a big, big, big deal. I think some of their offensive chemistry improved. I think some of their ball movement and their flow started to get better in the last couple of games against Oklahoma City, and I think right now they're clicking on all cylinders. Now, the thing that gives me pause about Golden State is that they do have a tendency to be sloppy. They have a tendency to do, you know, full-court passes that bounce out of bounds, um, you know, wild passes across court that, you know, get tipped or knocked out of bounds. They just, they move so fast that they, they and they score so quickly that they have this tendency to have these sloppy turnovers or not really go too aggressively to get the, the offensive rebound because they're more willing to go back down the floor and play defense and get the ball back because they know that their offense can sort of pick them up. The thing that I think makes this team so amazing and kind of what's memorable for, you know, the thing that makes them different from the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns is that Golden State has some defensive ability, that they can truly play defense. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are great defenders. Draymond Green is a monster defender. These guys are really, really tenacious. And so when they truly needed to turn it on against Westbrook and Durant, you know, you bring Iguodala into the starting lineup in game seven. It creates a big difference from a defensive standpoint. Iguodala really imposes his will from a defensive standpoint. And that's, I mean, it's not an accident that he was the finals MVP last year because without him, they're not where they are. We can say all we want about Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, but if you don't have guys like Iguodala out there playing tenacious defense, you're not going to get that championship. So I think we're talking about the same argument here. Are they going to come out and bench Bogut and start Iguodala initially? Like, that would be something that wouldn't surprise me at all. It's a bit of a gutsy move, but what if they come out and you see the starting lineups for both teams? One, you know, the Warriors start Iguodala and the Cavaliers start Shumpert. This sense of, like, you know what, we're prioritizing defense first and we want this game to be a grinded out slug match, okay? These guys, no one is going to give an inch. It's going to be a tenacious, tenacious, vicious title fight. This is really something you got to think about. Um, 
As far as moxie and swagger go, because those are two of my favorite words when I talk about, you know, just street cred, coming in, just being like, listen, we got this. That feeling of, you know, when I say never underestimate the heart of a champion, the fact that it's like, listen, even though they're down three games to one, they're the champs. They've been there before. They can take it and come back. LeBron's done that too. He's been down before. 2013 NBA Finals when they were down three games to two against the San Antonio Spurs. Granted, Ray Allen was the one who saved the day, but still, never underestimate the heart of a champion. They can come all the way back and win that game. They are never dead until they've stopped breathing and the game is over and you see zero zeros on that clock, okay? So, can't ever count out this Warriors team, but the Cavaliers have got swagger this year, whereas I don't think they had it last year because LeBron was the only one with any swagger and the rest of them had never been to the stage before. Now they've really been to this stage. Now I think they've actually deserved this. They've earned it. They've worked their way there. But when you get to the X's and O's, I still think we tip the scales for the Golden State Warriors. They just, they've got, they've got the championship ring. They've got the belt on. They've got, you know, the, uh, you know, they are at the mountaintop. They're the ones you have to knock off the mountaintop for the title. You know, though Steve Kerr and Teron Lue are both fairly, you know, uh, early head coaches, you know, Steve Kerr, though he's in his second season, he already has a title under his belt. He, you know, he's been to the big dance before. He's played with Tim Duncan and Michael Jordan. So I think he's got a little bit of an edge from a coaching standpoint than Teron Lou does. And whereas you saw Teron Lou get scooped from a coaching standpoint in game four of the Eastern Conference Finals, we could see another instance of that in the NBA Finals where Teron Lou being outcoached could decide an entire game. So uh, that's really something you need to be considering. Um, and uh, and LeBron, you know, LeBron and Steph going head-to-head again. You know, that's the, uh, that's the other drama that's coming out with this series is now there's some talk, you know, everything they're talking about in the NBA is sort of the trash talking and LeBron making subtle digs at Steph Curry and the, you know, the Warriors, Steph Curry not saying anything, but Draymond Green talking stuff. It's, you know... Listen, it it just adds to the it just adds to the excitement of the big day, and tonight's gonna kick things off. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm looking forward to the game. It's gonna be uh, ABC nationally televised. Um, I'm picking the Golden State Warriors in six games. I think that uh, I think both teams will probably defend home court. Um, I just think that Golden State has too many things going for them. I think they're too deep. Um, even though Cleveland has this tenacious second line that comes out with Jefferson and Delvadova and Shumpert, you know, I don't know if that's going to be enough to combat the the Azili's, the Anderson Verajals, the Sean Livingston's, the Maurice Spates, the Leandro Barbosa's, those B-team guys who come out and actually start, you know, creating havoc with fresh legs in the second and third quarter, maybe get some scoring output when your stars are resting on the bench. Um you know, I, I see a little bit of a drop-off from an offensive standpoint when you get to the B team for Cleveland, you know, the unless, you know, unless Channing Fry just shoots lights out. Like Channing Fry could make up for all that offensive output by himself because he's just a scoring machine. Um that's a uh, yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. I I I think game 1 tonight, I, I'm going to pick the Warriors. I think they'll defend home court. I think that a lot is going to be exposed. You know, game one of a series is always interesting. You know, both teams come out, I think, 100%. They both come out ready to thwart one another. 
um, and positives and negatives are are revealed to everybody on a grand stage. The audience and the players and the coaches, they all see it right up front, and somebody steals that victory. In the loud, screaming arena of Oracle, I think the Golden State Warriors are going to take this victory. Um, but I could see you know, Cleveland stealing home court in game two. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit, I'm, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to tell this after we see one game and we see these two teams go head to head. Cause as I, as I started this podcast off by saying, you know, this is a different Cleveland team. Okay. Mozgov is not even in the rotation. Uh, you know, love and Irving are heavy pieces of this, you know, Jefferson, Della Vadova, Channing Fry. This is a different team. They're more dangerous. The Warriors they just look hungrier. After everything they've done last year and this year, they look hungrier. They look even, you know, my father has a, has a phrase that he will, he always says, he says, hey, don't get them angry, okay? Listen, you, you, you pissed them off. It's like he used to say about Michael Jordan, don't get, don't get them angry. It's like, well, let me tell you something. Steph Curry, don't get them angry, all right? Golden State Warriors, don't get them angry. You can say that about LeBron James, but I don't know if you get LeBron James angry if he's going to bring his entire Cleveland Cavaliers team and win a game on his own. You get Steph Curry angry, you get the Warriors angry, they're going to come and they're going to romp through you like you are nothing. They're going to just stomp on you like you're some kid's toy or something like that. Um, so I really, you know, don't get them angry. Don't don't get too far underneath these guys' skin because they will come and all of a sudden they'll go on a 15-point run and they'll be like, what were you saying? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I was just too busy stroking the three. Um, yeah, those are those are my thoughts on the finals. I think it's going to be a hell of a series. I really, really wish and hope LeBron will pull this out. I really wish and hope the Cavaliers finally get that title. I think Irving and Love deserve it. They've been through so much adversity this season. And hey, listen, I love I love LeBron as a player. I'm a huge fan. I can't imagine he's he's good to play with. I can't imagine he's easy to play with. He's got to be a difficult presence to play with, especially after all the drama and turmoil that's happened with Cleveland. You know, there was a real gut check moment where Teron Liu, you know, came out and said, "Listen, Kevin Love, you're a bad motherfucker, and you got to play as well as you as we think you're playing. You got to go down there and demand the ball. Don't just you know." Give us that look because you didn't get the ball. You know, you got to impose your will. You know, these are all things that kind of, you know, evolved over the course of the last two years. You know, Golden State has been has been mixing this stew of a championship dynasty for several years now, right? This is this is they are just hitting their stride. I mean, I can only imagine what Golden State's gonna do next season. Um, you know, and I'm curious to see if anybody else on the roster disappears, if Harrison Barnes disappears. There's a real sense. He was going to sign for monster money this past offseason, but it didn't happen. Um, and I mean, I think his his uh, his value has probably gone down after this season. He had a great, he had a good year, but he did not as not as strong as last season. Um, anyway, so uh, th- those are my thoughts. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm picking the Warriors in six. Uh, I think tonight's going to be a fantastic game. I think you're probably maybe this time around. We'll I think we'll see Steph Curry as the MVP of the finals. Um, that's also my pick too. I'm just going to put it out there. I know it's an easy one. It's a bit of a gimme, but you know that's that's those those are my thoughts. If 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 you have some thoughts now here, I'm going to plug I'm going to plug all my stuff. Um, so you know check out uh, my pod. So you're listening to my podcast. I host it on SoundCloud. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. 
Um, please check out my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Like my Facebook page. Please go there and like the page. I post some great stuff on it, some great news. Um, trying to up my profile a little bit. Trying to up my my search engine optimization and my social media presence. You know, and trying to get myself out there. Trying to get everybody else to be like, who's this guy, Sam Rosenberg? And I'm gonna be like, I'm the guy talking basketball in your ear every day. That's who I am. Yeah, so uh, check out my uh, Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Please like it. Uh, go to my Twitter page. Um, Twitter page is still under Sam Rosenberg. My Twitter handle is at SmithFaceJones. It's a little inside joke between me and my brother. Of course, now I'm trying to make it a brand. Um, and uh, and uh, email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. It's real easy. Uh, give me your thoughts. I want to hear feedback. I want to hear questions. Uh, or just tell me I'm wrong and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I want to hear your thoughts on there. Uh, and I love hearing from people who listen to the podcast. And I'd love to have you on the podcast. I love talking to people. I love getting more people's input about stuff. And I like a second point of view. And it gives me an opportunity to... Um, you know, to, uh, to just, uh, test my interview chops a little bit. Um, anyway, so thank you very much for listening. I'm picking the Warriors. Enjoy tonight's game. I'll be back soon, and uh, love you guys. Bye-bye.